Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, our guy is back, the White Mamba. That's right, Brian Scalabrini. He's brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around for food. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline is Brian Scalabrini. What do you say, Scal? Haven't talked to you in a while. I have. It has been a while, but I'm glad that uh, we get to connect because I do look forward to these conversations every Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, whatever we make happen. So. <laughs> okay. I think we have it down as Wednesday. Yeah. So listen. So we, man, we haven't talked to you at the start of the season. I guess I'm just going to start with Jason Tatum because it was uh, you kind of interesting to see how he would come out after this whole team, really, how they come off the last year NBA Finals loss, but. He really has been a different animal. Like defensively, I think you've said it before, there really aren't too many holes in his game. He might be the best all-around player. Yeah, I mean, if, when you look at the defense rebounding, you know, the rim protection, defensive versatility, he's moving the ball. You know, I really like him when he's also with that second unit because, you know, like historically our second unit hasn't been great. And we've tried a lot of different things and, you know, in the past. And, you know, team will get a lead and then – Next thing you know, the, the bench would kind of let us down. But when you put Tatum in with those four bench guys, including Brogdon out there, mm-hmm. like it's just they just go to another level. And it's a real problem for the NBA because if you at some point can play the starters even, which is hard, then he comes in with that bench group. And, and he because of his ability to go to a new level as a scorer, to draw two and the shooters around him, and now his ability to make the, like the, the right read when he gets to the rim, the Celtics become very dangerous as a team. So, okay, so as far as uh, the head coach goes, Joe Mazzula, what were your initial feelings of how this was go, would go with him being uh, named the interim coach? And, and did he live up to your expectations, or do you think uh, a little bit worse? No, so you guys, well, I, I, I've known Joe forever. You know, that's how he's been around when, when I was, uh, you know, when Brassie was, was around and I would come in and, you know, go watch him practice, go play pick. I don't play him as much pickup anymore, but go play pickup afterwards. And so I've known him forever. So it'll be irresponsible for me at the beginning of the season for me to say, just because I know Joe and he's a great guy that I think he's going to do an amazing job. Like I could think that in my personal life. Like I think Joe, I thought Joe would do an amazing job, but I wouldn't come out and say that because, you know, he was, was an amazing coach. He was exactly what this group needed. And Joe was, uh, was put into a position where we had to grow. And normally you don't see, you know, guys with, with very little experience get the opportunity to coach a championship-level team. But he has, like, that perfect balance of he was innovative. He's trying some new things. Like, I love their five out with, you know, they, they've been doing some things with some cutters, which you haven't seen around the league. They're, and he really preaches ball movement. 
he's gotten through even more so to Jason and Jalen about them, you know, being the guy and for them taking that next step. And for you to take that next step, we need you to be playmakers. We need you to be great defensively. And those guys are all on board with that. So I, I expected him to do well. I just wouldn't come out and say that because, you know, like I just thought last year, you know, with Ime and as good as he was as a coach from the pedigree that he has from San Antonio to USA basketball to, you know, all the, the big superstars that he's coached, like that's that's the kind of guy that you would expect to come in and make uh, an impact right away. But for Joe, you know, like I've known him forever. I, I thought he would do fine, and uh, he has exceeded my expectations. I think there their offense go. is very innovative. What is his communication style like with uh, most of the team? Especially coming off of someone like Ime, who could be a little fiery or, you know, use some expletives with the team at times and daring games from the sidelines. What what does Joe bring in terms of communication with the team? So, like, I, I get to see, sometimes I'm across the court and sometimes I'm right next to the bench. And I would tell you, um, I think he's grown tremendously in that category. Like, for, I, so I got to, you know, like, I don't care who it is coaching their first game, it was going to be tough for you to find your footing, how you work an official, mm-hmm. how you talk to your guys. Like it just, but he is like, and everyone has a learning curve. I just think that he's learned so much so fast and he's really like establishing who he is as a coach. And I see it game by game growing more and more. And I know like, you know, I, you guys, a lot of people ask about why does he not call timeouts and stuff like that. And, you know, I had those conversations with him too, but he's, like, thinking way ahead. Like, for instance, we have automatic timeouts in the NBA. So what he's, sometimes what he's doing is he's forcing the hand of the other coach because, like, when an automatic timeout happens, you know, all of a sudden they, they go down to one timeout in the last two minutes. So he's doing things that are even, like, advanced for coaches right now who burn timeouts immediately. He wants his team to kind of grow through that. He trusts those guys. He looks at them when their team goes on a 6-0 run and he just waves his arms like, let's go, let's keep going. Like, we're getting good shots, we're playing good defense. Just because they go in doesn't mean I'm going to call timeout and have to discuss it. So I think his communication is like, come on, guys, we can figure this out as players. Like, you guys are players, you guys have been there before. You guys can figure this thing out on the fly. And then when he has to, like the day that we played the Chicago Bulls right from the start, I could tell we had no energy. He burned one really quickly. He's like, no, I'm not putting up with this. So I think he's pretty spot on when it comes to, you know, having the right pulse of a team. Talking to Brian Scalabrini and Scal, uh, I don't know where you were with the acquisition of Malcolm Brogdon, but I'm kind of curious, has he uh, exceeded your expectations, kind of taking this role as a sixth man? So I thought he'll be a good player. I just, he always was hurt. So, yeah. and I, I had a, I had a chance to sit down and talk to him uh, about that. Right. And, he said, like, my body can't sustain being a 35-minute-a-game guy and being the man. But there are times when, you know, he's playing 19 to 23 minutes, and he's out there, and he's like a number one option. He plays like a number one option. He plays like a go-to guy. Yeah. He just does it for 19 minutes versus what he had to do before. And I've, I've heard a lot of players in their day. I've never heard a player describe it like that for him to say, like, you know, like, I could be a good player. I could be an aggressive player. I probably just can't do it for 30 minutes a night or 35 minutes a night. And so, and, and, and like having like an understanding of who you are and admitting that I, you know, like I can't do that for 35 without breaking down, which is probably spot on. He's been great. Like his, I, I never thought that he wasn't going to be a great fit. I just thought like we, when we signed Gallinari and we signed Brogdon, both guys are great signings. 
And I thought, man, if those guys stay healthy, we're going to be a real problem in the playoffs. But that was like a big if. It's just like the same thing I think about this team with Robert Williams and Al Horford. Al Horford's been pretty amazing, like as far as the last couple of years. But, I mean, it's irresponsible for us not to think that at, at his age that he's going to be able to continue to do this. Now, he might, but it'll be like, it's like kind of like what LeBron's doing, kind of defying time, right? But in, in the, if I do think that if Brogdon can stay healthy, if Derek White is playing the way he's playing, like, I don't know, like, good luck to the rest of the NBA because we're, like, kind of lapping the field with, with the way that these guys are playing right now. So we're talking to Brian Scalabrini now. Listen, just break this down for me and be honest. Like, the whole Luke Cornett, Cornett contest, whatever the hell they're calling it. <laughs> like, do you can, you can you explain, like, what that is, why he does it, and, and do you think it's effective? I haven't seen a guy make a shot yet on him when, when he does it. So, like, let me just I'll, – I'll, I'll take you into the eye of a basketball player. Basketball players, they don't think. They use their instincts, right? So, when you go up to shoot and you look at the rim, like, your eyes naturally, you know, gauge the distance of where that rim is at. And you don't, you don't think about it. You just see it and your, your arm, your wrist, or whatever, it, like, goes right to that. So – if, if I know I'm going to shoot a 25-foot shot, the eyes and everything adjust immediately. If, sometimes if my feel on the basketball is off, I will adjust. Like maybe I'll use my arm a little bit more. So when, Luke, when, you, when you stand out there and you go to shoot and he's right there, all you see is Luke Cornett's face and his arms. You cannot see the rim. You can't, it's not like you're looking at the rim through his arms or anything like that. You literally cannot see the rim. All you see is his face and his arms, he completely blocks out the rim. So with guys now, like, they're going up to shoot. I can't I, – I am praying that Steph Curry has the ball and Luke Cornett tries to do it, and I want to see, like, if even the great Steph Curry can be thrown off by it. But it is, it is a legit thing. And what's happening now is guys – Other people are doing it. Yeah, they're just driving the ball. Uh-huh. I, you, know what? I, you know what? Immediately what I thought about is Taco Fall. Like, Taco mm. Fall could, instead of having to run out to the guy yeah. and get yourself in rotate, Taco Fall could easily learn how to do that. And if, I'm telling you, this could be a thing now. Like, you Uh-oh. might start seeing, like, seven one seven two guys who can't have, don't have the foot speed in the NBA to play start doing this uh, Cornette contest. But so far, I haven't seen one. I'm, I'm waiting to see the first guy to make a three over the Cornette contest. Well, it's an interesting presentation. Uh, as you watch it on TV. I want to ask you about Rob Williams. I uh, saw some video out today from practice of him scrimmaging with the team. What do you know about the progress that he's making coming back from all these various MCL-related injury rehab stuff, and what is the realistic timeline at this at this point? I mean, I, I'm hearing what everybody else is hearing, so I'm guessing like Christmas will be the time where he'll come right, right back, and then I don't think he'll get thrown into the starting lineup and play 30 minutes a night. I'm not even sure that he'll play every game coming back. Like, I don't know these things. We have, like, I think there's, like, 20 Australian guys that run around to decide how many minutes everyone plays. Like, we, <laughs> what? Wait, all, what do you mean? Australian? Why are the Australians oh, yeah, yeah. infiltrating like, have, the Celtics? Like, they, they all have these heavy Australian accents, and they, they just go around, and that's what they do. And, and, and by the way, really bright, like, you know, big-time degrees and done this in all kinds of places, like Australia Rules football or soccer or whatever. And they're all really, really smart. So when people talk about, like, minutes, I talk about, wow, Al Horford's playing a lot of minutes. They're much more dialed in to that kind of stuff. So Why are they Australian? Well, I think it's like – I think if I had to guess, they were a little bit ahead of the curve when it comes to sports science. Uh-huh. Like, you think about – if I think about what, like, the grueling battle of Australian rules football, it's a combination, right? You're running around. 
you got fatigue, you got the hits and stuff like that. So they were probably ahead of the curve at finding like the little advantage that you can find. And it, it grew into like, you'll find probably guys from England as well, because soccer is ahead of like way, way, way ahead of us. So we're like kind of playing catch up here with the load management and all the sports science and stuff like that. So they just, you know, they just happen to be a step ahead of everybody else. So for whatever reason, I don't know why they are. They just are, but, uh, but they'll decide all that with Rob Williams. And my guess is he'll, he'll play, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a night and he'll get back and, you know, like maybe Al Horford will get a couple more nights off and Rob will play. And I, I think this team will just keep chugging along until the playoffs. All right, Brian Scalabrini and Scal, I don't know where you're at. You know, beginning of the season, we start looking at that Eastern Conference. Obviously, Miami's trying to figure it out. Brooklyn, Philadelphia, um, Cleveland looks like they got a pretty interesting team. But is I know it's early, but honestly, is like the Eastern Conference over? Like, is it Boston versus mm, Milwaukee? Yeah, it's Boston, Milwaukee at this point. But like. First of all, Giannis is a hard guy to beat. He just he just is. Like he's so strong, he's so physical, he's got the will, like he'll never give up. We saw him in that in the game seven. The guy was like laying on the floor and he was like somehow gonna steal and go down and duck it. Like he just he's just a hard guy to beat. They're a very good team. They're strong, they're a physical team. Um, it does seem like we're the best team. So if everyone is healthy, I can't see anybody like cracking that, even though I, I like Cleveland a lot. I'm like my my goal here with the Celtics would be the number one seed, and they don't have to deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers, which I think is going to be a, like a tough series, even for Milwaukee. I think it would be a tough series for us. I think we would win, but it would be tough. But uh, yeah, it just seems like it seems like the NBA is coming down to yeah. like these two teams, like just the, the Celtics and the Bucks are just you know so far ahead of everybody else. It seems like at this point, but you know, long season ahead. I can't see the Celtics slowing down. They're on like some historic pace offensively. They'll get robbed back. Their defense is getting better. So I, I, I can I can see those two teams. But the one thing that really bothered me last year during the playoffs was the turnovers. And the Celtics turnover rate is way, way, way down. We look like a completely different team that caught the ball up 25 times against Miami. So well, as long as we take care of the basketball, it's going to be really tough to beat the Celtics. And then the Bucs series will be amazing. All right, Scal. Yesterday when we announced that you were coming on today. It was right at the end of the uh, USA-Iran soccer game. So we were... And we were wondering if you're a soccer guy. Like, we're like, Scal, I wonder if he's a soccer guy. Do you, do you follow the World Cup? Pool. I don't watch pool play, but I'll start watching it. I think this is the last day of pool play, right? Uh, maybe tomorrow. So, or, and then yeah. I'll, start, I'll start watching it when it's, like, you know, elimination and all that stuff. I'm like, uh, I do the same thing with football. Like, I'll watch the playoffs and stuff like that. But I just don't have enough bandwidth for anything more than basketball. You know, I like to watch all these NBA games. I got kids in AAU. I'm going to AAU practices. Like, my life is basketball. So, I just – I'll watch the big stuff, you know, And but I'm not I'm – not, yeah. I'm not I'm not watching all the other stuff. I, probably in the next two weeks I'll, I'll cover – I'll watch and – I don't have – I'm not one of those guys that have an opinion on anything no, like that either. So Neither do we. Don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry. Yeah, no problems. Right. Uh, U.S. <laughs> Netherlands, though, 10 a.m. Saturday morning. I guess you can watch it in the morning. Wake up. That's Yeah, I could, I could definitely here. watch that. All right, Scout. Listen, man, we appreciate it. Love talking to you. Looking forward to talking to you every single week, man. Enjoy the rest of the uh, week. Sounds good. See you. All right, there he is. Brian Scalabrini. Glad to have him back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t